0: Welcome to The Housing Hour with Kevin Ray, a locally produced program devoted to bringing you a fresh perspective on housing, diving into the issues that matter most. The Housing Hour with Kevin Ray is presented by Mortgage Investors Group. When Kevin gives the word, be prepared to call in to 865-243-TALK. That's 865-243-8255. Now, Kevin Ray. Welcome to The Housing Hour with Kevin Ray, a locally produced program devoted to bringing you a fresh perspective on housing, diving into the issues that matter most. The Housing Hour with Kevin Ray is presented by Mortgage Investors Group. When Kevin gives the word, be prepared to call in to 865-243-TALK. That's 865-243-8255. Now, Kevin Ray.
1: Welcome into the housing hour. This is Kevin Ray, your host. This show is presented by Mortgage Investors Group, and we have our co-host, Mark Griffith, with us today. And we also have a special guest, Jesse Lane, with Mortgage Investors Group. Jesse is our vice president, executive vice president of operations. And Jesse and Mark, thank you both for coming in and being with us. Um, we want to talk about a range of topics today, and you know, having uh, this company, uh, and we've been around since 1989. Um, what our really our design is is that we want to hire the best people that are available and have a team of people around our production staff that really know the business. Um, and Jesse was one of those additions. Um, and then, you know, one of the other things that we tr- obviously tried to do is to get the best loan officers that are around. Um, but a lot of people think about uh, the loan business and the lending business, and they think one-sided about, you know, who it is that's making, you know, the train go. And certainly production is important, but also operations is a vital component of that, right, Mark? Well, that's absolutely
2: right. And one of the big things that we always find is the most important thing is what is the price? Because when they call us, they're looking for that 30 year rate. They want to know what it is. And this is the man that helps us uh, generate that. price. That's right.
1: Well, um, Jesse, how long have you been at Mortgage Investors Group? Uh, Coming up on five years. Five years. Wow. That's that's a long time. Um, And, you know, Jesse, the one thing that we this show What we've designed it to do is to inform the consumers um, about how it is that things happen, um, not only in our business but also just in the industry in general. And you know, a lot of news right now, and you know, you hear a lot of people talking about Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac. And I've talked to to you about this many times, and you've always been a source of information for me. But you hear a lot of the politicians right now talking about you know Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, whether or not we're going to. In those entities and move away from that. First of all, can you just tell us a little bit, just what what are those two entities and, and why are they important? Well, Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac were
3: created to provide liquidity to the mortgage marketplace. Uh, the American uh, mortgage marketplace is unique and that people are able to get in and, and buy a house and qualify because we have standardized guidelines and that's really what fannie and freddie do is they create standardized guidelines and they create a marketplace that opens up liquidity for those uh those mortgages to be bought and sold and so it's it's very much like a farmer's market when you go to the farmer's market people are looking for you know apples of the same shape and quality and that's really all that it is so they try to standardize mortgages And that creates the liquidity opportunity for people to come in and say, hey, I'd like to buy some of these Fannie Mae, you know, four and a half coupon mortgages
1: uh, because they are of this quality that, that Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac put. That's that's a great way of putting it. And so that's a very good analogy, because what has happened or what did happen is that there was some bad apples in the bunch. And <laughs> there were indeed. And so the problem, I think, was, is that those apples were down underneath all of the good apples and there was uh issue. So so. Because, I mean, I kind of know how it all came about, but describe for our listeners what happened back in 2007. <laughs> I mean, you know, the bad apples and, and just kind of in your own words, tell us just from your perspective, what what happened? Well, it's kind of crazy uh, to say this, but there is actually too
3: much competition in the marketplace. The, uh, the government repealed Glass-Steagall Act in about 2000, And what it did was it it stripped off regulations that had been in place since the Great Depression. And that introduced new participants into the mortgage marketplace. And as crazy as it may may seem, we got too many competitors in there. And so what happened was they started to, uh, you know, cut back on guidelines, cut back on standards, things that everybody knew that that, uh, were required, but because they were all wanted to get their hands on mortgage lending and, and be participants in this, in this marketplace, it actually created too much competition. And as that happened, things that were sensible kind of got put by the wayside and and that's really the short of it.
1: Yeah. And that's a very good way of putting it. Uh, Mark, were you going to add something? Yeah, I was going to,
2: I was going to ask that, um, some of the, um, perceptions out there is that Fannie Mae is a government, um, uh, company, that the the federal government is in control of it. But it is, or at least it used to be, one considered one of the largest private-owned mortgage businesses out there that used to buy mortgage-backed securities. How is the private sector versus the government part of that? How is
3: that related to Fannie Mae, and is that is that true? Well, it's actually a very, very fuzzy line. Uh, Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac were designed as government-sponsored entities. So you're correct, they were... Uh, private entities, but they also had an implied government backing. Whereas FHA and Jenny May are straight up government on the balance sheet, et cetera. Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac were actually private companies that had a a, a federal backstop, if you will. And so uh, what happened though is because of the, the meltdown, the government went in and actually made good on their implied uh, backing and took and took those two companies over and but isn't it uh, kind of like true
2: that um because of the competitiveness that private part of fannie mae was going being competitive i mean you don't picture the federal government as being competitive and competing against itself for the private sector but in this case it was the private part of the fannie mae that was competing against other mortgage-backed uh issuers yes
3: that's exactly right what happened um Mark, their market share continued to drop as private label mortgages became very uh, prominent in the marketplace. And Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac felt that they needed to compete. And so uh, there, there are certain rules and regulations that they couldn't get past uh, as far as what they would offer. But what they did was they went actually out to the marketplace and bought some of these other private label mortgages. And that's That's where a lot of their problems actually came from.
1: Yeah. And, and, you know, what happened and, you know, and really with those that are out there that are listening, everybody heard about the subprime market being, you know, the catalyst for this huge decline in housing and this and that. Well, you know, Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac were one of the purchasers of those subprime mortgages, correct? That is correct. And so- when that happened and they were maybe selling them as in, in a staunch or a, in a huge, you know, pool of A paper loans and these subprime loans were, were included in those. And so, you know, bottom line is those folks that stopped paying or their, you know, interest rates reset or whatever the case was, and they were not able to pay back their mortgage and this continued to happen. Well, the the bondholder ultimately was at risk and could not get paid. That's correct. and that's when everything came falling down. So, um, you know, going forward, you know, we've we've only got a couple minutes in this segment left, but and we'll talk about this on the other side of the break, but what one of the things that I think people might want to hear about is what is the solution going forward? You know, there are some of us in, in the industry that think that you know, like Mark had mentioned uh, off air, you know, we might consider just going back to the standardization that we had once upon a time and not getting rid of Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac because back once upon a time, it did pretty well. It worked very well for a long, very long period of time and it created
3: uh, liquidity in the marketplace. And it was also the envy of the rest of the world where. The American dream is to buy a home. Well, it's it's realized very much because of the liquidity, and and those standardized guidelines. When you walk in, you kind of understand these are these are the rules. You don't have to know somebody to necessarily get a loan. These are the rules, and if I fit in this box, I can probably get a loan. Yeah,
1: and you know we had Senator Corker on here uh, a month or so ago, and he put forward some legislation that was, you know, pretty attractive for some people, and they liked that. It didn't have the backstop, I don't think, that others wanted, and so there was another senator that came out with another, and so the bottom line is the Dodd-Frank bill, you know, basically has, you know, some language in it that, you know, Freddie Mac and Fannie Mae will be You know, taken down at some level. Um, So, you know, that's really, I think, where we're going to need to go is to determine a solution, something that can be good for all parties. Because there are many companies that will be affected by um, even if Fannie Mae is unwound and in Freddie Mac, there's going to need to be a responsible way of handling it. Because the government, there needs to always be a backstop, in my opinion, or people are not going to invest in these mortgage-backed securities. So there's a concern there, but we'll talk about. That and we have a couple of other questions, but you can also email questions in to kevin at kevinray.com. And you also can find us on Facebook, Facebook.com/slash the housing hour. This show is presented by Mortgage Investors Group serving East Tennessee since 1989. Thank you so much for joining us on this Saturday. We look forward to hearing from you, and we'll be right back after these messages.
4: They all look just the same. And the people in the houses all went to the university where they were put in boxes. And they came out all the same. And the doctors and lawyers. Lo- East Tennessee is choice for Fox News Radio. 100.3 W N O S WNOX. When choosing a company
5: to handle your home financing, you want a great rate and someone you can trust. Tennesseans turn to Mortgage Investors Group, named Tennessee's number one THDA lender, eight years running. Homegrown right here in the Volunteer State and with 15 Tennessee locations, Mortgage Investors Group takes a consultative approach to the lending process, finding a program specific to your needs. For more information, call toll-free 800-489-8910 or visit migonline.com. Mortgage Investors Group, your home loan solution, serving Tennessee for the past 22 years. Tennessee Mortgage License Number 726. Mortgage Investors Group is an equal housing lender.
4: At Title Associates of Knoxville, we are all about you. You, the buyer, the seller, the real estate agent, or the lender. Hi, I'm Sue Benson, owner of Title Associates. In today's real estate market, it is more important than ever to have a title company with experience, a company you can trust, and one that conducts business with you in mind. Our staff has been serving Knoxville and surrounding counties for over 20 years with timely attentive service. We are constantly updating and re-educating ourselves to ensure Ensure the best possible service to our customers. At Title Associates, we are proud to be a part of this community. A community that has remained positive during the downturn of the economy and a community that will recover with an even stronger real estate market. If you're buying, selling, or refinancing, our staff promises to make your closing a pleasant one. If you're a real estate agent looking for excellent customer service, give us a call. 777 1040 or visit our website at TANOX.com. Title Associates, your choice and the right choice.
1: Mortgage Investors Group has a New Year's resolution, and that is to be your home loan solution. It's just that simple. With over 22 years of experience in the home financing business and over 60,000 clients, MIG is Tennessee's leading independent mortgage lender. Whether you're looking to upgrade your current home, purchase your first one, or you need to simply refinance to a lower rate, now is the time to move. There has never been a better time to buy a home than there is today. Record low rates, great selection of homes for sale, and sellers ready to sell. This environment will not last forever. Mortgage Investors Group has money to lend, experienced loan officers to guide you, and a singular focus of helping you. Contact us and we will help you realize your American dream today. MIGonline.com or 865-691-8910. Equal Housing Lender, Tennessee Mortgage License Number 109111.
0: Clearly, your best choice for
1: news, sports, traffic, and weather. Partnered with
0: WBIR.com, this is 100.3 WNOX. The Housing Hour with Kevin Ray continues, helping you understand what is really going on out there and what to do about it. Again, Kevin Ray.
1: Welcome back into the Housing Hours, this is Kevin Ray, I am your host, we have Mark Griffith and Jesse Lane with us today. And Jesse is our uh, Executive Vice President of Operations, but he also uh, handles all of our questions when it comes to second the secondary market. Um, and he is the person that we go to if there's a question, um, and he's, he's the prognosticator of prognosticators. He is <laughs> the person that really has done a, a great job. You know, Mark, throughout the year on Thursdays when we have our loan officer meeting, um, he, you know, over, since 2008, I recall, you know, him being spot on on most of the stuff.
2: Well, it's, it's important to have that one person of sitting in knowledge that can tell us which way the market is generally headed so uh, we can properly advise our customers.
1: And he's not the type of person that will tell you that he knows positively, 100%, without a shadow of a doubt, that it's going to happen this way. But what he's really good a, a, about doing is, you know, talking in layman's terms and saying, here are some earmarks of what I see happening. Um, and, you know, Jesse, let's talk about what's happening and, and what we feel like is going to happen. And, you know, Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, whatever the case is, there's going to be some changes. But, you know, just point blank, do you think that Freddie Mac and Fannie Mae should go away? Absolutely
3: not. I'm a big proponent of keeping them around. Uh, Perhaps just one of them, maybe we consolidate. So that's a possible uh, uh, outcome. I think that right now there's there's too much uh, hand wrangling and Uh, and second guessing and and we're also focusing a lot of time on on the symptoms of what went wrong as opposed to the actual uh, the cause of what what happened so as we discussed in the last segment Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac existed for quite a while without really any major problems whatsoever taxpayers never had to get involved in a bailout uh, so everything was fine then then it wasn't fine so something happened so let's you know i think our our time's better spent focusing on the causes of what happened and i again i think that it had to do with too much competition in a in a very short manner
1: and and you know that's so true and i mean not that there shouldn't be any competition. But when you have such an open-ended forum, that's when people start to create artificial demand. And there's just a lot of bubbles that are created. And exactly. and then when they're burst, everybody gets wet. And that's not what we want to have happen. Um, well, you know, Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, you know, the, the, the backstop issue, can you have a privatized entity or a series or a bunch of entities that are not backed by the U.S. government government and expect people to buy mortgage-backed securities. Well, they they would still buy them, but it probably
3: comes at a cost to the consumer, right? Because interest rates are going to basically trade off of a a, a risk premium, right? Okay. And then you
1: know when you have when you have very low to no risk, if you know the government Uncle Sam is going to repay you, then hey, that's exactly right. Your yield is low, but <laughs> you know the risk is high if you don't have the backing of the US government that's exactly right so i think that that's an important
3: component of it i think also for the for the sake of the consumer the standardization is very very effective there will always be scenarios where somebody gets left out if you if you put a box and you try to put everybody in that box there's going to be something that doesn't fit but the standardization makes it relatively easy for somebody to understand what do I need to do to qualify for a mortgage. If you if you take a scenario where we've got ten or fifteen different uh, issuers and there's no there's no standardization in the mortgage place, there's there's ten or fifteen banks. They each have their own different set of guidelines, and then it gets back into that scenario I talked about earlier. Well, I needed to know somebody to actually get a mortgage. I needed to have uh, you know, or I had to have all my Uh, All my deposits there. So they're starting to then control you as opposed to you being able to walk in and say, hey, uh, you know, I've got a good FICO score. I've got some good job stability and I've been saving some some money because I work hard. I'd like a mortgage loan.
1: Right. And, you know, going forward, you know, there's, and actually we have a question from Sam in Knoxville and he, he's asking Jesse and it's kind of a long email. So I'm just going to summarize it. And you can also email questions to Kevin at KevinRay.com. But basically what Sam is asking is if there is no Fannie Mae or Freddie Mac, will he have to qualify with more strict guidelines? and i think just let me start off by saying that the there's some there's some language in the Dodd-Frank bill that talks about a qualified residential mortgage and the qualified residential mortgage just to unpack that a little bit is a definition of what would be allowed to be basically sold to the gses and if it doesn't meet that qualification then it's not going to meet those standards and then you would have to then go out on what amounts to the private secondary market. I'm probably not saying this correct, but, but unpack that a little bit for Sam, you know, ultimately with the qualified residential mortgage or with no Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, is it going to be harder for people to qualify?
3: Well, it's really kind of a two-part question. The answer is not necessarily. Right. (laughs) Okay. There, there's a component where it it might be that anybody can get a mortgage, but what's the rate you're going to pay? So your rate may be uh, astronomical, and and you just simply couldn't qualify then, and so the answer is no. Uh, right. But it could be that if you if you stick with uh, you know the government guidelines, uh, you probably fit
1: in that box, and the liquidity is going to help keep the rate low. So there's, and you know what, and Sam, I have a gr- a great solution to this. Why don't you call us? today or, or Monday at 865-691-8910 and let's get you pre-qualified today. Under 4% on a 30-year fix, you can't beat that. Um, and, and actually, just for everybody listening, you know, you can always contact us if you have additional questions, if we're not answering the questions that you have because I've got a several here and I can't answer all of them, but if you have a specific question, you can go onto my Facebook page, The Housing Hour. It's the Facebook.com Housing Hour or or you can call us directly. It's 865-691-8910. And we can get you in touch with the loan officer that's near you because we have offices all across the state. We have 15 locations and we are here to serve you. And that's why we have a huge foot print in the state of Tennessee. And this show can be heard all across the country. And as a matter of fact, all across the world because of our online access. So Jesse, let's switch gears a little bit, um, and talk about Patricia from, uh, from Oak Ridge has a question about interest rates. And, and let me summarize again, her email, I've been looking at it here. Um, it appears that she wants to know why it is that interest rates seem to go up when the, Economy is doing good. That's not always the case, but it does appear that way, especially back in the '90s when President Clinton was in office. Economy was doing good. Rates weren't this low. (laughs) I mean, no, they really weren't. So, talk a little bit about that.
3: Well, interest rates are very, very complex, uh, but they—the bottom line is—they generally move based off of supply and demand. Um, Mortgage rates usually trade off of spread to Treasury rates. And Treasury rates are considered globally uh, to be very, very, very low risk. Mortgages have somewhat more risk associated with it, so generally they're going to be priced a little bit higher than a than a United States Treasury would. Uh, why rates seem to move up and down based on what the economy does? Interest rates also work somewhat as a uh, a governor on on the economy. So if the economy is heating up, and things are going very, very well. The Federal Reserve may use its uh, uh, its powers to actually raise the rates that banks charge each other, and that has an impact in the marketplace, and and then it cascades all the way throughout the marketplace, and and it'll drive rates up. What that will do is actually help to slow it down, so it doesn't get too fast if it gets too fast, we run the risk of inflation. Right. And, and that's a, a bad word. Nobody really likes inflation. So if the rates stay too low and the economy gets hot, it sends a signal to the economy, you know, keep your foot on the gas, and just keep going. It, Jesse, if if, um, if the government does get involved with Fannie Mae,
2: um, we, we talked about how that would affect rates. Uh, we would see the private sector coming in by mortgage-backed securities, which would possibly raise interest rates. What would that have the impact on f- home values? Because you may have less people qualifying for homes, so there would there be less of a demand out there buying homes? What would that what was the potential impact on um, h- housing values?
3: Well that's a great question. Uh, my opinion would be that it would probably slow down the housing market considerably because what it's going to do when any anytime that you drive rates up, you impact affordability. And even if home prices stay flat, as rates go up, less people can afford those houses or they have to have other you know qualify- qualifications to get in, uh, to get into that house. So I think that's a great question. So, it's so public- in the
2: future, that would be something that the government needs to take a look at before messing with anime yeah, too much, because we don't want to continue where
3: we are. No, that's absolutely correct. And right now, the government has a focus on trying to stimulate the housing market because the housing market really is the base. Uh, it's you know, it's the backbone of of the American economy.
1: That's so true, and and I'm I'm worried that some of our maybe some of our legislators that are out there. They uh, look, we have a phone call coming in. Um, Some of our legislators that are out there, they don't understand that, you know, maybe they're just unfortunately, they're just ignorant to. And I don't mean that in a bad way, necessarily, but I guess maybe I'm concerned that they don't see it uh, the way that maybe all of us see it. And and I don't know if they have blinders on. They don't want to see it. They don't want to understand it, whatever the case is there is, I think, a disconnect. You know, Jesse, what should we do? You know, I mean, we're in the business, we're in the industry, but consumers, and if they're, we have a lot of lenders that listen to this show. We have a lot of loan officers that don't just work at Mortgage Investors Group. I get several emails and phone calls from people that work at other companies. And, I, you know, being the president of the Mortgage Bankers Association, I have access to some of those. Why don't you answer this question when we come back? If you could just maybe tell us what we could do, you know, and, and maybe way we can promote what it is that is the right avenue to go down. We'll be right back in just a minute with Jesse Lane, the Executive Vice President of Mortgage Investors Group. My name is Kevin Ray. I am your host. This is the Housing Hour. This show is presented by Mortgage Investors Group. Thanks for joining us. We'll be right back. And when I found what she was headed for.
0: Best choice for news, sports, traffic, and weather. Partnered with WBIR.com. This is 100.3 WNOX.
4: At Title Associates of Knoxville, we are all about you. You, the buyer, the seller, the real estate agent, or the lender. Hi, I'm Sue Benson, owner of Title Associates. In today's real estate market, it is more important than ever to have a title company with experience, a company you can trust, and one that conducts business with you in mind. Our staff has been serving Knoxville and surrounding counties for over 20 years with timely attentive service. We are constantly updating and re-educating ourselves to ensure the best possible service to our customers. At Title Associates, we are proud to be a part of this community, a community that has remained positive during the downturn of the economy, and a community that will recover with an even stronger real estate market. If you're buying, selling, or refinancing, our staff promises to make your closing a pleasant one. If you're a real estate agent looking for excellent customer service, give us a call, 777-1040, or visit our website at TANOX.com. Title Associates, your choice and the right choice.
5: When choosing a company to handle your home financing, you want a great rate and someone you can Trust. Tennesseans turn to Mortgage Investors Group, named Tennessee's number one THDA lender eight years running. Homegrown right here in the Volunteer State and with 15 Tennessee locations, Mortgage Investors Group takes a consultative approach to the lending process, finding a program specific to your needs. For more information, call toll-free 800-489-8910 or visit migonline.com. Mortgage Investors Group, your home loan solution serving Tennessee for the past 22 years. Tennessee Mortgage License Number 726. Mortgage Investors Group is an equal housing lender.
0: Looking for a hard-to-find item or wondering where to go to sell something you no longer need? Say hello to an idea whose time has come. Come wheeling and dealing with Eddie Beacon. 100.3 WNOX has set aside an hour each Sunday to connect sellers and buyers. Everything that's legal is fair game. Vehicles, furniture, appliances, tools, sporting goods, apparel, collectibles, jewelry, real estate. Sundays at 11 only on 100.3 WNOX. Sponsored by Topside Spirits & Wine, Pellissippi Parkway, Exit 9. The Housing Hour with Kevin Ray continues, helping you understand what is really going on out there and what to do about it. Again, Kevin Ray. Ground control to Major
2: Tom. Ground control to Major Tom.
1: Welcome back to the Housing Hour. This is Kevin Ray, and I'm here with Major Lane and Major Griffith. Uh, we're on a space oddity talking to you about the world of interest rates and housing and all of those things. But first I need to tell you about a company that is an outstanding company and that is Admiral Title Company. And Phyllis and Terry started this company a few years ago. And what they do is they do what we do, and that is take care of our customers from point A to point B and get them through the process with no headaches. They take care of everything. When I was originating, I rarely ever received a phone call. It was always taken care of. And that's just what they did. And a lot of people use them in the area and they're they're a company that has not been around for a long time, about three or four or five years. But they have always been in the industry. Phyllis has, and so has Terry. And they take care of customers. Um, if you're a lender or if you are a realtor out there and you need someone that you want to build a relationship with that does a fantastic job, then they're the people to call. Their phone number is 865-531-6060. I forgot it. Um, they were the people to call for that. If you're a consumer, you're buying a house, maybe you're paying cash, you can go directly to them. They'll uncover any issues and make sure that you're taken care of every single time. It's Phyllis and Terry and you can reach them at 865-531-6060. So we're back talking about what it is that we ended the last segment on, and that is what we can do as you know individuals and as a group and as a group, I mean, you know, lenders, but also just in the community, what we can do to let those people who make those decisions know how it is that we feel. Because I think we've outlined for you, the listener, um, why it is important that Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac are not ended or if they are it needs to be done in a way that is not going to cause interest rates to skyrocket and home values to plummet because obviously that's what we're trying to avoid so what can what can we do? Well the first obvious answer is to get in touch
3: with your state rep- representative and make sure that they understand uh, what your opinion is on the matter uh, but also there's there's your local organizations like Kevin you're the president of the uh, KMBA in here in knoxville and um and i think that that's a great opportunity there there's also housing coalitions i know that uh thda has one uh those might be good opportunities so anytime that there's a group or a coalition um or or if you're an affiliate of of uh some other type of a a professional body that'd be a great opportunity to, to have many voices also pushing uh you know pushing that perspective
1: Yeah, and and that's one thing with the KNBA is that we have, you know one body and we have one message and we stay right on point because you know that's important because these legislators that are out there they want to know what our industry is saying because they know that we know what we're talking about because when we go to like for instance at the end of February we're going to go to the day on the hill in Nashville and get to know some of these legislators and learn how to communicate with them because that's important because you've got to understand what is the best way to communicate with these folks because they're the ones that are making the decisions. You know, the the Dodd-Frank bill that was passed, there's a lot in that bill that is good. I'm not trying to say there isn't. But there's also some things that there's going to be unintended consequences. So what our job is, is to let them know on the front end what those unintended consequences are to try to let them know that this is what's going to happen. This is what is going to be a result of your legislation. So, Mark, what do you think? I mean, do you want to add to that? Because I think that's probably a good starting point. Well,
2: one of the things that I've been impressed with is a lot of the legislators are very open to have constituents in their body to call them and, and, and voice their opinion. Senator Corker's staff uh, contacted my, and me and came to my office to ask me questions about our industry and what we can do and things coming up, legislation, bills and things coming up. So they're very open to that. So I think it's a really good idea to get out there and contact the folks that make those decisions, go to the Hill or wherever they go to make those bills and present them that they hear our voice and make sure that uh, they're they're listening to us because we got to get everything back on track they're trying to figure out what's what's the best way to go and there's a lot of you know differences but um, I think overall the opinion is that they just need some direction in what we feel so I think we just need to make our voices heard
1: and sometimes the direction to go in is ne- is not something that you know you as the listener, it- you know, maybe you don't know what direction that we need to go in because, you know, you have your own job and you, you're you an expert at what you do and you're doing that very well. Well, we are the people who you can listen to and you're not going to tell you exactly how to think or how to feel or anything like that. But what we want to do is to give you facts so that you can see what you know direction that we would suggest not because we want to make more money but because we want our industry and the in the housing industry to thrive because that's how what America was built on they were built on building communities and i know that Jesse when you spoke at the housing uh, coalition actually it was a few months ago in nash in nashville um, you know it's important to have the community because if you can build up your community and you can build up your your area then so many other things are going to prevail in that. I mean, you talk about, and I don't know this is the thing, this I think is the thing that the legislators are missing. You know, back in the day, you had the locksmith, the, you know, whatever it was that was coming into town to be around it. I mean, it's important for a thriving housing market, is it not? Oh, absolutely. There, there's no doubt about it. Statistics
3: show you know, there, there's a whole number of different factors, but but statistics show that it, where there's housing and home ownership, crime rates are generally a little bit lower. Uh, there's a sense of community. There's a sense of pride. Uh, sense of pride may, it may carry over into a better school district. And, and if you have a better school district, your children are getting a better education. And when they get out, they're a little bit better prepared for whatever their next step is. So there, there's just all these cascading effects of what housing does. And then when uh, when you move into a neighborhood, well you you're probably uh, paying a mover, you're probably paying a realtor there's a title company so there's income that, that gets produced off of that If it's a new home there's uh, there there's timber is impacted the, the guys who make nails, there's the guys who make you know GE makes refrigerators and microwaves and so there's all of these different ripple effects throughout the economy. When somebody buys a home, and it's not just it's not just to benefit the mortgage company. It's just it's the backbone of the American economy.
2: Jesse, tell, tell us, um, in your opinion, what the government, federal government's doing to stimulate those housing markets. Any programs out there that you see on the horizon, something that's in place now that you think is the most uh, positive aspect?
3: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think the Federal Reserve is is very uh, very much engaged in trying to keep interest rates as low as possible in order to stimulate demand. They've also come out and have have started to, they, they issued a white paper this week or last week uh, about what their thoughts are on housing because they really are interested in stimulating that. And and one of their ideas is try to get rid of the overhang of backed up inventory and their idea is maybe selling blocks of uh, properties to investors and, and try to move those, those pieces. Right now, the guidelines are so tight that individual investors can't get in and buy necessarily all the investment properties that they otherwise would. And so they're thinking of different ways to maybe get those houses to move because that's also- inhibiting. Are these foreclosure houses you're speaking of? Yes, I'm sorry. Uh, they are foreclosed houses. And so there's an inventory, there's a backed up inventory. And right now, credit guidelines are so tight, it's very difficult for an individual to uh, just jump right in and buy investment properties. And unfortunately, that's that may be the right answer is that some of these houses need to be bought and used as investment properties. And then somebody- who you know maybe qualified three or four years ago, maybe now this person is actually a renter. But then after they get their feet under them, they've you know been somewhat involved in uh, living in the house and making payments, et cetera. Maybe then they make that jump into being a uh, a home buyer.
1: That's a great program, I think, and that was brought out by President Obama, and I think there's getting a little bit more traction. Um, and I asked, actually, Congressman Duncan about that when he was on the show a couple of months ago when it just originally surfaced. Um, and, you know, he's a staunch Republican, obviously, and he is very anti-big government, <laughs> more than most. And, you know, he he actually originally, when I asked him what his thoughts were about that, um, he, he, he didn't want to answer it because, you know, he wasn't familiar. With all the details, so I told him some of the details of it, and you know he said, "Well, as long he would be open to that because this is going to have to have bipartisan support to get get down the line because this is an important uh, piece of you know potential action that we can take." Um, but what he was concerned about, and I think what a lot of Americans are concerned about, is a, another big government program to come in to try to resuscitate the housing market like the five thousand or the eight thousand dollar first-time homebuyer credit or whatever they don't want a big government program to come in and try to solve these problems because that's not going to solve them I don't think we I think we have shown that that's not going to solve them and but this program that you're talking about I don't think that's a big government agency program
3: no it's really not it's really uh, just a design program to help get rid of properties in larger chunks. Um, and that's ultimately is in the best interest of everybody in, in the U.S. because right now that is inhibiting the housing market is this overhang of distressed properties. Would they be offering
2: special financing for these investors to do that or would this be put on the secondary market?
3: Would we be handling something like this at the local level? No, we would not this would be these would be special terms these would be special qualified investors and there and it would be a special program. Um, I, I wanted to also point out that, that they did recently come out with HARP, which is home affordable refinance program and I think that that's also helping. I think a million properties uh, over the last f- several years have have gone through HARP and that may not seem like a huge number but it but it's a helpful number. and then they've also made some slight changes to the program and are hoping maybe another million will be helped as well.
1: Well, we're coming to the end end of this segment and we want to thank Jesse for coming in and spending a little time with us. Thank you so much for spending some time with us, Jesse. Oh, thank you. It's my pleasure. Absolutely. And so just remember everybody that we have people like Jesse at our company that are advising our loan officers and what a great resource for us to have. We'll be right back in just a moment. This is the Housing Hour with Kevin Ray presented by Mortgage Investors Group. We'll be right back.
4: Tennessee's choice for Fox News Radio, 100.3 WNOX.
5: When choosing a company to handle your home financing, you want a great rate and someone you can trust. Tennesseans turn to Mortgage Investors Group, named Tennessee's number one THDA lender, eight years running. Homegrown right here in the Volunteer State and with 15 Tennessee locations, Mortgage Investors Group takes a consultative approach to the lending process, finding a program specific to your needs. For more information, call toll-free 800-489-8910 or visit migonline.com. Mortgage Investors Group, your home loan solution, serving Tennessee for the past 22 years. Tennessee Mortgage License Number 726. Mortgage Investors Group is an equal housing lender. When it's time to buy a home or take advantage of terrific refinancing options, put your trust in Tennessee's leading independent mortgage lender for over 20 years. With 15 locations in the state of Tennessee, Mortgage Investors Group offers a diversified line of products and takes a consultative approach to the lending process that ensures each loan fits your individual needs. For more information, call toll-free 800-489-8910 or visit migonline.com. Mortgage Investors Group, your home solution, serving Tennessee for the past 22 years. Tennessee Mortgage 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 license number 726. Mortgage Investors Group is an equal housing lender.
1: Mortgage Investors Group has a New Year's resolution, and that is to be your home loan solution. It's just that simple. With over 22 years of experience in the home financing business and over 60,000 clients, MIG is Tennessee's leading independent mortgage lender. Whether you're looking to upgrade your current home, purchase your first one, or you need to simply refinance to a lower rate, now is the time to move. There has never been a better time to buy a Home than there is today record low rates great selection of homes for sale and sellers ready to sell this environment will not last forever mortgage investors group has money to lend experienced loan officers to guide you and a singular focus of helping you contact us and we will help you realize your american dream today MIGOnline.com or 865 691 8910. Equal housing lender, Tennessee Mortgage License Number 109111. When the weather gets bad, the team gets stronger. Listen for live WATE Six Storm Team severe weather updates now on
0: 100.3 WNOX. The Housing Hour with Kevin Ray continues, helping you understand what is really going on out there and what to do about it. Again, Kevin Ray.
1: All right. We're back here in the housing hour. Thank you for joining us. My name is Kevin Ray. I've got co host Mark Griffith with us. Uh, Very informative with Jesse. That was awesome. Yeah. And, you know, we definitely want to have him back throughout the year to give us updates because he really has a great mind when it comes to this industry. And, you know, some people have it, some people don't. It's so difficult. You may know all of the information, but to be able to decipher and be able to use it and make some kind of judgment, that's a whole other gift, is it not? Absolutely. And, And everybody needs to understand how
2: mortgage loans work in just a general format, and that's why we brought them onto the show. But uh, it's important to know because everybody wants to own a home, and there's a lot of things that go into it and a lot of things that affect it. And and today, they're they're the hot topic. So it's important for everyone to get at least a base knowledge so they can have an input on this.
1: I agree totally. And and before we go on to some other stuff, let me tell you about a company that I really believe strongly in, and that's Capital Financial financial group. One of the things that they do is they want to come in and look what you have in your portfolio and determine what's working, what's not working. They may add something, they may delete something, they may modify something, and they may just keep things the same. But what they do is they are advisors, uh, not unlike what we do. And they're in our building over here at Mortgage Investors Group, right on I-40. And they take care of their customers a lot like we do as well. Because when you think about it, when you're investing your money. And that is something that really you need some some support. You don't want to just do that yourself because you know what? You don't have that expertise that they have. So they'll come and they'll take you and they'll, they'll help to design a plan that's specific for your financial needs because we all have those and we all want to retire. We all want to have the best portfolio that we can. And that's what their company is designed to do. And they have some great folks that work over there, like them a lot, have spent time with them, understand what their philosophy is. And I know, what they're all about and it's all good. That's what it is. You can call them at 865-246. Uh, let me just get their number to make sure. 246-1680. That's 865-246-1680. And you can also find them online, capitalfinancialgroupllc.com. So before we go to our next question, um, you know, one of the things that I think that Jesse hit on that I really, um, enjoyed because I think it is important to know, um, is that Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac before the crisis, before everything hit the fan, they actually performed and we were the envy of the world. I mean, it was a performing entity and I think we can go back to that, but maybe elaborate just uh, in closing this, this whole segment out really about your thoughts too on that.
2: Well, in 1985, when I first got into the mortgage business, Fannie Mae was was really um, the largest private mortgage-backed security holder. They bought the majority of the loans but bigger than that was the fha side and the va side and the government really wanted to get out of that business and so they gave incentives to this private company fannie mae freddie mac to get more aggressive in in their loans and that's why kevin if you remember back then uh we'd got 97 percent loans through conventional and that was uh, originally five percent down so obviously it changed somewhere in 1990 where the uh Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac got more aggressive in their lending and started competing a lot better with FHA and VAs. And that was government pushed because right. government right. wanted to get out of the FHA. But now, and it, things worked well, and there wasn't a high foreclosure rate. There wasn't a problem, and and we were still the envy of the world. And the, all the monies from across the seas, if anything happened overseas where there was any – you know, like right now with Greece and Italy and Portugal and all these other places that are having some debt problems, we were we were where people invested the money. They bought us uh, up the bonds and mortgage backed securities were part of that purchase. And uh, we can get back to that. And I think uh, we're seeing that uh, uh, foreign money it has been coming back into our market. So I, I think it's important that we. Keep these entities, control them a little bit better. <laughs> uh, don't let them loose uh, like uh, loose cannons, like we were post 2000. But that was the legislators' fault. They they lessened some of these guidelines to, and, and created this monster, and uh, everybody's to blame. That's just part of the blame right there. But I think we can go back and roll this thing back to pre 2000 and uh, get it get it worked out.
1: <coughs> Thanks for for moving on that mark because that's a very good point. I, I think that. You know, there is hope. There is a way that we can solve this. And I definitely think that we don't just need to abandon those entities. Um, Here's another question that I got from online. And that is, and Mark, why don't you take this one? I'll try. Uh, What happens if rates decrease while you have a rate that's locked in?
2: Um, Basically, you know, when you lock in a loan, it's a two-way street. Um, We're protecting the customer from rates going up. And we're also making a business decision when we lock in that loan. uh, And and we're trying to sell that loan into the future. So we're guarding against um, the rates changing as well. We can't just – we're in the business to make – make money. So we don't, as a general rule, lock somebody in, protect them on their upside and where we are damaged or hurt if the market uh, decreases, we still have to sell that loan on the secondary market. So it becomes a business decision uh, that we work with our customers because we can't just work or, or just float everybody down. We'd love to do it. We'd love to help everybody, but we're selling that loan. And so uh, when we lock them in, we're targeting that loan to Fannie Mae or Freddie Mac somewhere in the future, and they expect the delivery of that loan. So that's why it's a lot more difficult. Now, in the overall scheme of things, we can still work with that customer in a declining market. We can check it to see if there is anything that we can do. We're open to that. It's just that as a common practice, we can't we can't
1: generally uh, do that on an ongoing basis. And, you know, we don't want to put people in a position where, um, you know, let's just be honest about this. You know, hey, you lock somebody in rates plummet, you know, and, you know, they're in a bad situation. Well, and I think that goes back. We're going to work with you and we're going to try Absolutely. to find the solution that fits the situation because, um, you know, we're not going to leave you out on a cloud you know, or, or whatever. And we're going to try to work with you in most companies. Let's, let's say it like it is. They won't work with you.
2: Right. I I mean, you're
1: locked in. It's a business model and they're going to say no and and go on, but we're going to try not to. I mean, we've always made that effort to work with our clients. and, and, And I think we've built up that reputation that we're not going to let people down and we're going to do what we need to do to take care of them. And you know, that's just our, that's just our mantra. That's the way we do it. That's how we roll, if you will. So, um, you know, have I mean, wow, I, I, Mark. This is a record just so you know of questions and I think it was stimulated maybe by Jesse maybe not by us Right, (laughs) (laughs) but we have just an enormous amount of questions and folks um, we only have about three and a half minutes left on on the show today so we may have to tackle some of these you know elsewhere online maybe later um, maybe next week but one of the questions that I thought was really pertinent of course that one was a good one and then another question that somebody had and that was about securing a loan and and the basics of the question was um, can they go to a bank and get the same type of loan that they could get with a mortgage company. And I'll tackle that. This is probably going to be our last question, but let me answer that in a couple of ways, because number one, we, um, do lend money, you know, they're lending money, we're lending money, their money is the same th- as our money. The question is, at what rate are you going to be able to borrow that money? And if you go to a bank or a credit union, and I'll put myself out there and tell you that you're just going to get a better rate with us, you, you just are. Um, and that's for a variety of reasons. Um, but our model is that we are going to be very competitive and have the very best rates that are available. But we're not going to you know, just have the best rates, but not have great service. Guess what? We have the whole package. We're going to have the best rates, the best service. And you know what? We have the best best retention of any company out there. That means that after the loan closes, we're not just going to let you just stay. Go away and not continue that relationship. We foster that relationship. So, I mean, yes, the answer is you can get the same loan that you can get at Bank of America that you can get over here at MIG or Wells Fargo or Prime, whatever, wherever you go, subprime, I mean, Prime Lending. Um, you can get a loan at any of those places. And they're, and, you know, I have friends that work at some of those places, nice people. But I think that one of the differences that MIG offers is that it is our only business and that's all we do. We we do loan, loan, and we do mortgages. That's what we do, and that's all anybody in our company focuses on.
2: Well, that's a, and exactly what I tell folks because I get that question all the time. And why are there our rates seem to be um, lower than the banks and some of those types of uh, other lenders? And the simple thing is that's this is all that we do. Uh, we don't do demand deposits. We don't do uh, this, you know, all the other banking things and sell insurance or those types of things. This is what we do. We've got the the best in the business doing it and um, we enjoy doing it. And that's the biggest thing is everybody that works for our company seems to really enjoy what they do. And that's taking care of the customer
1: and taking care of the employee. And if you want to enjoy doing it with us, then you can call us at 865-691-8910, and we will help you get a mortgage and give you the guidance that you need. And you need to come back and tell your friends and family about our show here on WNOX 100.3, 100,000-watt station. We're blasting out to five states and then some. Thank you so much, guys, for coming in today, spending the time with us. Thanks to Jesse Lane. Thanks to Mark Griffith, my co-host. My pleasure. And most importantly, thank you to Mortgage Investors Group, the sponsor of the show, The people that write and sign my checks, thank you to you for serving our community since 1989. Thank you, guys. Have a great rest of the weekend, and we'll talk to you later.